Hello and welcome to Radio Teco. My name is Monty Rossetti. This podcast is number two in a series of six episodes where the 2023 Raices Fellows come together to discuss art investment, their practice, and their fellowship projects with their host organization. To listen to the additional episodes, make sure to follow El Tecolote, Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts, and Galeria de la Raza on all social media platforms. But I will just kind of jump into my first, my first question. Actually, your your last name is. Uh, okay, say your full name to me. Uh, full name uh, Aureliano Yano Rivera. Okay, Lerman, Yano. Whatever. <laughs> well, it's okay. That's we can start because I have. So my full name is Aureliano, but nobody can pronounce it either here in the United States or back home in Puerto Rico. So in Puerto Rico they call me Aure. Here they call me Yano. So okay. But, but so you you. I, I like this. So we're, we're starting right now with the interview with this first question. I, I like this. Um, perfect. So you have officially three different names, which is uh, which is great. <laughs> um, all right. So for this interview, and since I know you as Yano, I'll just call you Yano. So for our listeners listening, they all know we'll, we'll call you Yano from 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 now on in this episode, at least. Yeah. Um, and, and true story. uh me and all my siblings are named from the book 100 Years of Solitude. My full name is Aureliano from Aureliano Buendia. My brother is Jose Melquiades. And my sister is Gabriela. That's cool. Yeah. So your your parents were fans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were fans. That's cool. Yeah. That's good to know. Um, perfect. Well, now that we know your name and uh, and the different ways that we can call you, um, where are you from? Uh, I, I'm from Puerto Rico. I uh, the, the Reader's Digest version is... Uh, most Puerto Ricans have family in New York. My family in New York moved from New York to Berkeley. And so instead I would go visit my grandma in Berkeley and then I would go back to school in Puerto Rico. And so I am an authentic Berkeley Rican. Uh, if there was such a thing, there is such a thing. It's me and my brother and my sister. That's it. Well, there is now there is such a thing. Um, that's cool. That's good to know. Um, yeah. And so you're obviously into the arts, uh, and you're very talented. And, and for people who who don't know, um, we'll we'll give you a time at the end of the episode to plug in your your, your Instagram and everything. But we're gonna dive into your your artwork and and kind of what you focus on. So, at what age did you start realizing that art was your passion, and what kind of art are you most interested in? So uh, the age that I usually say is. Uh, about age 13, I was admitted to the Arts Magnet High School in Puerto Rico, which is the, there's a school in San Francisco called the Ruth Asawa School of the Arts, also known as SOTA. Mm. And uh, it's kind of, it's an Arts Magnet High School, but in the inner city of San Juan, the neighborhood of Santurce in Puerto Rico. Uh, and when I was 13, I was admitted to the school. I was there from uh, ninth grade until senior year, and I very much credit that school as laying the foundation that led me to be able to get to where I am today, a hundred percent. And I, and I, whenever I meet like other soda people in like the Bay area, uh, I, I, it's like, there's like a record, even though I didn't go to the Ruth Asawa school for the arts, 
they're like, oh, you're a soda person. They say to me, and I recognize them as what I call a, a centralino, a person from La, La Central, Escuela Central de Artes Visuales in Santurce. And and does your do you guys have any like cool handshakes? Like if I'm walking on the street and I see someone doing a, a handshake, can I recognize and be like, oh, that's a soda crew? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no okay. well, the reason not is because the soda schools and the arts magnet schools in general, it's the schools of art nerds. And so art nerds are kind of weak on their gang game. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, yeah. like, like, like it's, it's, it's a level, it's fun because it's a, it's a, a middle school and high school of, you know, all the kids that don't have athletic talent that don't, they're, they're not funny. They're not, uh, uh, you know, gifted orators or persuasive thinkers, but who get to kind of be in a level playing field with those other kind of quiet, nerdy, not charismatic, not athletic kids. And uh, I, I have friends from the from this high school, from the School of the Arts, that were, you know, very successful and have won Emmys and, you know, like, you know, like hang out behind the scenes with the very highest echelons of power in the art world. And, and, and even aside from that, like who they themselves have done lovely work for the community uh, in Puerto Rico. And uh, I just, it's very, it's a very inspiring group of uh you know just like nerdy art kind of losers uh <laughs> no but i mean I, I think i think you're talking about how successful you all are and how creative you all are you have to be able to make a handshake i think so but moving on from that and also <laughs> i'm still i'm still looking for a school that accepts me because i wasn't athletic and i wasn't um a lot of other things and i also wasn't very artistic so i'm still looking for that school uh if mm. you're listening reach out please um, but let's let's move on to this Raices Fellowship. So explain to the listeners what the uh, Raices Fellowship is all about and, and how did you come across it? So I, uh, before connecting with Action Latina and the Raices Fellowship, I worked across the street at the Presida Eyes Mural Arts Center. I worked there for about 15 years doing conservation and restoration of murals uh, along with the, the team out there. And uh, kind of through that, uh, I, 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 it's, 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 uh, it's like, uh, what's the word? Like on call kind of work. Mm -hmm. There is a project and then I go work on the project and then I go back to scooping ice cream at a gelato shop here in downtown Berkeley. And, uh, like it just, they, you know, Acción Latina very quickly and suddenly posted this racist fellowship and blasted it on social media and me, you know, randomly scrolling on Instagram, I was like, all right, let me just apply. And that was it. It was just, just luck. And how has the fellowship been uh, so far? And, and, you know, your time with Action Latina? It's so here. So here's, here's the nerd clan that you are a part of. You're part of the, <laughs> the media nerds, the media, uh, the media and journalism nerds. Like it's, I am not a, you know, like hanging out in the newsroom. I am not a journalism media policy events curating nerd i'm a different kind of nerd and so there's a there's an experience for me of entering acción latina and kind of f feeling you guys's contours as uh sort of like 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 a nerd like one kind of nerd peering into another kind of nerd's world and kind of hanging out at the interface and the exchange of of that of of, of you guys uh, y'all are intense like like y'all move very fast and there's a lot of things going on all at once. And it's, 
uh, electrifying and stressful, but but electri but electrifying, and um, it's different than uh, the 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 vibe that general art nerds uh, go through. And for me, that's that's like a fascinating, like like a cultural exchange almost. Totally no, and you coming from this uh, artistic world, and now you're entering this um, kind of a, a journalism world uh, with with Deco and Action Latina. Um, what kind of focus have you been doing uh, since your time with Action Latina? I know you've been doing a lot of the archiving and kind of looking back at at past stories. Uh, you have some really fun uh, tips from music that you picked up on that Deco, uh, El Tecolote covered back in the day. So yeah, tell me a little bit about uh, kind of the work that you've been doing with Action Latina in, in, this, right. in this intense environment. So the, the Raices Fellowship is, is, Raices stands for Reimagining Arts in Community Education Spaces. And uh, it's a grant from the San Francisco Arts Commission that gave money to four different legacy Latino organizations, Mission Cultural Center, Galeria de la Raza, Marigold Project, and Acción Latina. And each one of them, within their organization, just hired an artist and to see what happens. And so that's like the general experiment. Specifically with Acción Latina, it's the History Matters in the Mission, which is like a curatorial project of Paul Flores and Fatima Ramirez and... Uh, Josue Rojas and other people who's who I haven't met, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the the idea behind them to quote Paul is activating the archive. How do you take an archive and make it sing, make it dance, make it perform? Uh, and w what I'm doing specifically is writing comics based on the archive. And uh, um, Paul and Fatima just recently did, and and Josue did. The 80s matter in the mission at SFMOMA, and what I'm doing is the 90s matter in the mission. I'm going into the archive, doing a deep dive, 1990 to 1999, reading every single article, uh, plotting them in a spreadsheet to see trends and patterns, following up on every writer, every photographer, uh, checking out the advertisements, looking at uh, the, the youth uh, section, and from that like kind of deep dive almost uh, i i return to the newsroom in acción latina and i meet with the journalists and as they are writing their latest episode of el tecolote i then pull something from the archive like the history archive and i bring it forward and i say this is how we can create a connection to the archive based on whatever you guys are talking about on any particular week inside of Acción Latina. So it's that's that's the rough version. So you're 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 bringing you're bringing the stories from the '90s, as you said, to life and kind of making it a full circle if it's something relatable. Because as we all know, history does repeat itself. Um, so yeah, that's that's actually really really interesting that you're doing that. Um, let's. I want to go into a few different avenues here because you you are mentioning your Paseo Artístico event that's coming up, but we'll talk about that soon. We'll plug that soon. Um, I want to talk about your relationship with the other artists. Do you know the other artists that are working for the other three uh, legacy organizations? And 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 if you do, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about them and, and from from your point of view. So Lila is doing Day of the Dead altars with the Marigold Project. She is making somewhere between. 
I think she's doing somewhere in the round of seven altars that have like an audio element. You can walk through different spots in the mission district and find a Day of the Dead altar and scan a QR code with your phone, and that will lead to a recording that she's doing of stories based on the person that she's honoring in her Day of the Dead altar. Uh, she's she's even doing an altar in Acción Latina for October uh, that I believe um, uh, we'll, we're going to be collaborating on. And I'm working with her also to do a little bit of kind of a altar for the many people that I've encountered in my deep dive that have passed away. Um, so that's Lila. The, uh, Calixto is a printmaking dude kind of OG who has been doing prints since like, like practically since, since before I was born, uh, like since like the eighties. And he is, he was invited to be the, the Rice fellow at mission cultural center. And he's doing, he's just like, I visited him in his studio and he has this process. He's very experienced and very flexible and very dynamic. And he has this process where he just kind of feels things out and just, creates a print with images and text that capture the things that he is witnessing. And he's also very good at engaging with community. He does a lot of public uh, printing workshops. Like he did one on the 24th Street Bart Plaza. That was uh, pretty cool. And he's always, he's just tuned to representing things and the community and people based on like his his uh kind of like a feeling just like a his intuition and his feeling and and the things that he witnesses in the environment that he's in um so that's one the last one is ari and ari she's very much focused on the the, the dynamics of uh what's the word of uh like a house cleaners uh uh like custodians and house cleaners and she has been sewing she's been sewing together uniforms that represent uh in a fashion kind of using the the language of fashion and the fashion displays and exhibits of fashion clothing using them to sort of elevate uh, uh domestic workers work as a way of i believe representing and capturing some of her own uh, family history, where I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that she had like a family connection to to domestic work, uh, and um, from from her own parents, and I think even from herself. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you guys are all kind of working in different ways. Now, are you collaborating in any way with uh, with them? I'm collaborating this October with Leela, and I am keeping an eye out on the archive for anything related to domestic workers to work with uh, um, Ari. And uh, Calixto's work has sort of a, a spiritual element. And I have gone to his studio to visit him and asked him if I can display some of his posters in Acción Latina. And he has been totally down with that. So there is there is exchange with every single one of these artists. Uh, uh, directly and indirectly in in their collaboration, and um, I've I've th th I have worked with them, and and it's it's a little bit tricky uh, because the uh, 
like it's not so easy for me to like give them the archive because it's you have to kind of dive and see what's in there first before you can pop up and give things but i am like i am definitely in my day of the dead altar with uh, uh leela i am definitely pulling people who have passed away in the decade of not not who passed away in the decade of the 90s but people who were active in the decade in the 90s who then passed away uh, uh since then and uh, uh like uh my altar was going to include an author whose name is Victor Martinez Victor Martinez won the National Book Award for his book uh Parrot in the Oven and when he was in El Tecolote he was an art critic and he wrote uh, a really uh amazing art uh, art critique about the Chicano artists where he encouraged Chicano artists to uh, kind of get away from the things that they are expected to represent and instead just like be themselves. It's an interesting, interesting uh, critique and, and lo lovely that he won the, the, the national book award and, and uh, bummer that he passed away. So I'll, I'll, he'll be in my multi multi-person altar. No, I think that's amazing that you're, you're honoring him and, and, you know, that is, that is true. I've, I've, I've only peeked at the archives and, and it could be overwhelming to people who, um, you know, just take a peek like I did, uh, because it, it is, you know, 53 years of, of, of history there in, in a lot of different ways. So the fact that you're kind of diving into it different ways, also, you're, you're looking at just even, as you mentioned, looking at the, the ads and, and everything too. So, um, it is cool that you're kind of doing this deep research and then, I, I just love the term you use too. You're, you're you're bringing it life as well, so that's that's really cool to hear as well. Um, but let's let's actually now focus onto the Paseo Artístico that's going to be happening. Um, we're recording this in September, so uh, September 2023. So this is going to be in a few weeks. Um, if if you don't follow Yano on social media, you will um, you should follow him, and then you'll see how stressed he is uh, putting this <laughs> uh, Paseo together um, because. Obviously, it's a very important, um, you know, event. Uh, but let's dive into your stress. Let's pretend like this is your therapy session. Uh, how is it going? Uh, and and give us an update um, of what we can expect. The all right. So so um, well. Well, let me speak to the stress. There there is. Listen, I'm not trying to diss Acción Latina, but Acción Latina is 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 a it's a high stress environment. Not because. The people are stressful because of the nature of the work itself. This is my my take on it. It's journalism is you know it's journalists have that dog in them where they're always trying to follow that lead and get that thing going. And there's a there's like a little thought in the back of their mind that they got to make sure that they follow those leads. Uh, events organizing is is absolutely stressful because you have to coordinate with every single other person who's like creating and participating in this event. Uh, and you have to like schedule people and it's like a, there's a lot of scheduling is really kind of stressful. Uh, uh, same with curating. You're inviting other artists and you have to schedule with them to meet. This is when you're going to drop off the art. This is the name. This is the title. This is the price. How are we going to hang it? How do you want to pick it up at the end of the event? Super. Fundraising, which is like we just finished the gala. Fundraising is like a sales job where you have this incredible uncertainty. How are we going to fund this organization for the next year? And you have to kind of put on a smiley face and shake hands and and sell to people. Give us money. 
it's 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 and so there's there's there it's like a like a like a quad like a trifecta but it's actually four whatever the word is a four 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 legged a fecta of <laughs> of of uh, kind of like stressful jobs and so they're they're it, it, it's just the the pace moves really fast uh, w- what i'm doing is creating a whole bunch of new work for the gallery at Acción Latina. I am uh, filling the gallery walls with basically giant extra-large-sized comics that kind of make a attempt at representing the archive of El Tecolote from... Uh, I've only done my deep dive from 1990 to 1994. It's about a halfway point, uh, but it's it's basically me doing an attempt of representing the entire half of that decade in a bunch of extra large size comics inside of the gallery of Acción Latina. So it's, it's a, that's the, that's the the general, that's the general story. Well, Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a nineties kid. So I think that you picked the best decade to highlight. So I'm just going to be biased that way. Um, But, but yeah, so Let's tell the details now for our listeners about the Paseo Artístico. When is it? What time? Um, how much? How much money do they need to have in their pocket to show up? Uh, just give us all the information about about the event. Paseo Artístico, October fourteenth, uh, two p.m. Acción Latina. Uh, that will be the time where there will be the opening of the '90s Matter and Emission Art Show. Uh, that I am creating and hanging and organizing as we speak. Oh, and Perfect. it's free. free that, that, that was the main thing. I was, I was like, I mean, he, he, we better make sure we're highlighting this as a free event. Um, yeah. So if you're, if you have money in your pocket on October 14th and you go to this event, spend that money on the amazing food and, and other stores that are on, uh, that are in the area. Cause there's a lot of great options there. Uh, to, to just make a day out of it. That's what I'm saying. Make a day out of that. Uh, yeah, pa- Paseo Artístico is organized by uh, Paul Flores, and mm-hmm. it, there's going to be arts events happening all up and down the Latino Cultural Corridor, from Mission Cultural Center, Medicine for Nightmares, Presida Eyes Mural Art Center, Dance Mission, Brava. There's a calendar of events that's coming out that Paul is putting together right now, and there's going to be events all up and down uh, 24th Street during the Paseo Artístico. And for people who don't people who don't speak English, it just means art stroll. And, and, and I'm sorry, people who don't speak Spanish, it just means art stroll. So yeah, we're just having a stroll, a stroll down 24th. And yeah. aren't you aren't you uh, singing also? So I am in a choir. I am in a choir uh, in the East Bay La Peña Community Chorus. And there's a context here to the '90s matter and the mission. It, so in my so in my choir right now, I sometimes ride my bike to the choir at night in the dark. And I have lights, but I have a tendency also to kind of like dress in black. And the people in the choir, and I don't wear a helmet. And the people in the choir are always telling me, "Yano, wear a helmet." The reason they tell me, "Yano, wear a helmet," is because there was a member of the music community in the 90s whose name is Carlos Bruseño who passed away in a motorcycle accident. He was in the East Bay riding his motorcycle, wearing his helmet, and he got hit by a drunk driver. That was a wrap. And the people in the 
choir that I'm in right now remember him. And because they remember him and that terrible accident, they remind me to wear a helmet and like wear a reflective vest and make sure I have lights and all this stuff. When I was doing the deep dive of the 90s in Acción Latina of El Tecolote's archive, I found a photograph of a dude playing the guitar, singing into a microphone with the name Carlos Briseño, and then it said uh, uh, something like uh, event to honor the passing of Carlos Briseño. And I instantly knew who that person was based on, based on my people from my choir just telling me to wear a helmet. It's like I saw that and I instantly knew, oh my God, this is the dude. And uh, th- th- I read the article and it is one of the performers who were performing at that uh, kind of memorial for Carlos was my choir back in 1990. Uh, the La Pena Community Chorus has been singing since like like 1975 or something crazy like that. So there, the based on that article from El Tecolote, we are... La Pena Community Chorus and the adult Latino choir from the Community Music Center is going to do an exchange. We were going to do it originally at Acción Latina, but the exchange between these two choirs is going to be at the Brava Theater, just for because it's a bigger space, more people can fit. But so yeah, so it's La Pena Community Chorus and Community Music Center Adult Latino Choir is going to do an exchange at Brava Theater. I believe at 12:45 in the morning on October 14th, where we sing to each other. We sing music nerds, singing to other music nerds, uh, f- folk music from choral repertoire uh, in Spanish and English. And we're doing it to honor Carlos Briseño, who passed away in 1990 in, a, in this tragic motorcycle accident. The connection to Carlos Briseño and choirs in the Bay Area is that Carlos Briseño was the assistant conductor for Coro Hispano de San Francisco, which was run by the legendary Juan Pedro Gaffney, who ran Coro Hispano for, for, for decades. And I think Juan Pedro was really uh, preparing Carlos to be the next director of the Coro Hispano. And uh, I, I this is my take on it, but with the passing of of Carlos Briseño, uh, Juan Pedro Grafni was n- unable to find someone to really take that on, and Coro Hispano de San Francisco no longer exists as of 2014. Um, yeah, and you know Juan Pedro Grafni is like a local legend that people don't know as well as they should, but he's there's this kind of uh, like exile from the mission thing where locals who have contributed so much to arts and culture, in, in the end end up getting like evicted and have to move to like Sebastopol or Richmond or like somewhere like Santa Rosa. And he is Juan Pedro Gaffney right now lives, uh, I believe in, in the North Bay and uh, you know, just like his, all of his legacy and contribution are just kind of like hanging out in a filing cabinet somewhere. Juan Pedro Gaffney has a master's degree in uh, what they call ethnomusicology and his area of expertise is how music history happened, how how exchanges of instruments and songs happened, like from the time of Columbus to the present, like like how like how flutes came to the like Spanish flutes came to the Americas, how Spanish dance music arrived 
in, you know, like Mesoamerica and how like a bunch of native people were like, yo, this is cool. Let's roll with it. And, and like, like, it's like, this is my generalization, but like the history of music in Latin America is, is the history of rock and roll. It's, it's just, it's just in Spanish. That's all <laughs> like, or, or, or Portuguese for Brazil. It's just rock. It's like the history of rock and roll from the time of Columbus to the present is Juan Pedro Gaffney's area of expertise. That's huge. Like that's enormous. It's a crazy knowledge. It's amazing knowledge. And you know, it's, it's, so we're having this choir exchange to honor Carlos Briseño who passed away, but also indirectly to like recognize Juan Pedro Gaffney and who he is and how much he contributed to the Coro Hispano de San Francisco, which was, by the way, populated with members of the community from the Mission District. Uh, that was who the singers in the choir were. And, and like his contribution to music uh, in San Francisco, in the Mission District community, and broadly speaking, to, to honoring the history of music, like the history of rock and roll from the time of Columbus all the way to the present. Like, dude is, dude is a freaking legend. That's amazing. That's amazing. The, the the brain that he has with all that information is truly amazing. Um, it's crazy. And and it's 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 also great that you're honoring uh, Carlos Briseño um, as well. Um, real quick question: Did do you now wear a helmet when you go? Uh, I plead the fifth. Oh my goodness, man! You get, you just gave me a five minute answer, and you still okay? Okay. My next question: Just to double check the time, you said it's at the Bravo Theater at twelve in the morning so it's a midnight thing or no uh bravo theater twelve forty-five afternoon afternoon okay perfect i just wanted to double check that um and perfect uh i think that's everything that we have here yano rivera thank you so much for for being on our show uh october 14th paseo artistico curated by yano himself um follow him at mural doctor on instagram and follow him being stressed out as he puts this together it's it's honestly a treat if you like seeing other people's um stress and not your own then just follow his and just support him hit that like button hit that follow button um but yeah thanks diano for being on our on our show today thanks Monty. sorry to be long-winded <laughs> <laughs> As the podcast of the community newspaper El Tecolote, we think hearing from you is important. So please leave us a comment, rating, and share our podcast to other members of the community. Thank you.